Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from Curious Cast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best. Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why. Canada is banning single-use plastics. This is what it means to innovate for the future, protect the environment, and grow the middle class. I'm going to be scrambling to refigure out my business model. I, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I physically cannot serve as many people as I do and wash every dish. It's just, it's not feasible. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is why. On Monday, June 10th, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau held a press conference at a nature reserve just outside of Montreal. He stood in front of a podium. Behind him, imagine a perfectly smooth lake, reflecting into the glassy water a hillside of green trees. It was the perfect photo op spot, the spot a politician would pick to make an announcement to the press about the environment. The theme was plastic. Plastic pollution is a global challenge. His message was that Canada will ban single-use plastic products by 2021. I'm very pleased to announce that as early as 2021, Canada will barn... I'm very happy to announce that as early as 2021, Canada will ban harmful single-use plastics from coast to coast to coast. Okay, so what does that ban on single-use plastics mean to people like you and me? No more plastic bags, plastic straws, plastic cutlery. Well, the exact list of products that are on the chopping block hasn't yet been determined. But on the evening this announcement was made, my colleague, evening radio host Charles Adler, spoke to Hanal Regini for clarification. Hanal is the co-founder of Reimagine Co. That's a zero-waste community hub in London, Ontario. Yeah, the Prime Minister, he's talking about single-use plastic straws, plastic cutlery, stir sticks for your coffee, those kinds of things. The kind of thing that you use once for a few seconds and then throw away, never to see the light of day again. So stir sticks are gone? No more stir sticks. What are we going to do? Well, you could use a spoon. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm positive that some people will come up with things that look rather rather clever and cool and aren't made of, of plastic. I mean, do you think this will be a very, very difficult adjustment for people? No, no, I don't really. I think I think a lot of the things that we're talking about don't need high-tech solutions. As, as I kind of said slightly facetiously, there are low-tech solutions. Like you can replace a plastic stir stick with a spoon, you know, you, a metal spoon. You can replace single-use plastic cutlery with reusable cutlery. You can use a, replace a single-use plastic straw with a reusable straw. 
you know, these are all things that are doable to do. And actually, there are millions of Canadians that have already made these choices to, to cut down on single-use plastics. And, and it's something people around the world are starting to follow. And Canada is following in the footsteps of some Canadian cities and even some countries around the world that have taken this step already to uh, eliminate whether it's plastic bags or plastic bottles or even all plastics single-use plastics altogether. Uh, one of the uh, items that's controversial in this announcement is, is the Q-tip, because uh, we saw Q-tips on the list, but those of us who have Q-tips uh, took a look at the Q-tips, and we didn't see any plastic. So are they, are they talking about the people who uh, do the imitation uh, uh, Q-tips, not the actual brand, but something else? <laughs> I think that's what they must mean, Charles, is that, yeah, the, the, the Q-tip brand, uh, I'm sure they're getting lots of nice free publicity. That is, they, they are a fully compostable product, as I understand. But there are lots of knockoff or, you know, there's lots of cotton swabs made by other brands that do have a plastic stick in them. You know, again, instead of that, there's no real need for Q-tips. There's lots of other ways that people manage without Q-tips, using wrapped up towel or something like that. You know, if it's your ears, you can use your finger. There's even someone who sells a reusable Q-tip. There's lots of different options out there. And so I'm not saying that, they, you know, lots, some things will need some lifestyle changes for people. But there's some things that uh, parents and our grandparents knew these things, how to bring your own container when you go to, when you know you're going to be taking food out, how to bring your own uh, bags to the grocery store, how to bring your own cup uh, when you go get your uh, coffee. And, you know, Tim's will give you a discount if you bring your own coffee cup. Starbucks will give you a discount if you bring your own coffee cup. Local uh, coffee shops uh, like Black Walnut here in London will give you even bigger uh, benefits if you, if, you, if you bring your own cup, bring your own containers. So, so there are lots of... Uh, retailers and, and shops that are starting to recognize this. You know, the fear I have with this plastic ban is, is really it doesn't go far enough and it doesn't address the real root of the problem. You know, there are, there are people, you know, single-use plastics, cutting those out at the consumer level is going to help keep dangerous plastics out of the oceans to protect our marine life and to protect uh, humans when, that, when, when those plastics get into, the, into, the, into our food. But the real waste is happening at a, at a higher level. You know, despite all this global movement that seems to be against single-use plastics, the plastics industry is growing globally at a substantial rate. It's one of the fastest-growing industries in Canada, actually, is the, is the plastics creation industry. So these things might be, these, these policy announcements may, may sound great, but A, you know, we need to see them in practice. And, and B, you know, they don't really address the real root of the problem is the increasing production of plastic all over the world and in Canada. So uh, we can uh, talk about these little single-use uh, plastic things, but that is, I guess what you're saying is that is uh, just a, a drop in the ocean in terms of the plastic that's being created right now. That's right, you know, because you look at these things that we're talking about in this announcement today, these are the things that you get at your, uh, when you go and get a takeout or something like that. Well, that's just a small part of our everyday lives, or a small amount of plastic that an average person or an average household uses. If you think when you go to the grocery store, all the plastic that all your food comes wrapped in, the plastic pots, the plastic bags, the plastic shampoo containers. You know, no one's talking about those things, not at the national level, about what we can do about those things, the volume of plastic that may or may not be recycled. Actually, although much plastic is recyclable, more than 90% of it is not recycled. You know, so, and, and then again, you know, even if it is recycled, it takes up a lot of energy and it's still something that is used for a short period of time. So there are things happening now. I know where you, where you are on the, on the West Coast, in Vancouver, there are a few places where you could get refilled, where you can refill your shampoo and conditioner. That's something that we have here in London that we created at Reimagine Co., where you could bring your own containers or use free containers that people have donated and refill soap and shampoo, cleaning products for the home, 
and 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 then get as much or as little as you want and just pay by weight and that way you're not throwing out all these containers every week that people do time and time and time again uh, how do all these folks at that reimagine how do they keep their ears as clean as they are <laughs> you know you know child i think humans survived for tens of thousands of years <laughs> without q-tips and uh uh, yeah, I've, I've been told that actually that's not that good for you to use those. Uh, so ask, ask your own doctor, take your own advice. But apparently your ears should be uh, self-cleaning if, if left to those devices. Is that right? <laughs> okay, so that is one perspective on how a single-use plastics ban will affect Canadians. But coming up later in this episode, a skeptical expert who thinks the ban might not be realistic and a small business owner who's feeling nervous about what the future might hold. You're listening to This Is Why, a national radio show and podcast from Global News. Find us online now at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite shows. By working with provinces, territories, and industry to establish consistent standards for extended producer responsibility programs across Canada, companies that manufacture plastic products or sell items with plastic packaging will be responsible for the collection and recycling of their plastic waste. Just how realistic is the 2021 ban on single-use plastics? Not only will this be good for our planet, but it'll result in huge economic gains, too. Currently, Vancouver radio show host Simi Sarah posed that exact question. And here's what she found out. Well, how realistic is this? And can corporations and businesses actually be responsible for their own waste, like the Prime Minister said? Now, honestly, if you ask me, a lot of these businesses and industries should have already been thinking about what they're going to do without single-use plastics, given all of the discussion and the publicity this issue has had in the last couple of years. But maybe some of them have not uh, figured out how they're going to transition away from this. So is it possible? Which industries will be most affected by this? Well, we're going to talk about this more now with the help of Dr. Tony Walker, who's an assistant professor in the School of Resource and Environmental Studies at Dalhousie University. Dr. Walker, thank you for joining us. Yeah, hi. Uh, thanks for having me. Is such a thing possible, do you think? Can Canada ban single-use plastics? Well, it depends. I'm sure Canada's going to um, start and initiate a ban on the low-hanging fruit. So things like stirrers uh, for coffee cups and, uh, and maybe carry a bag for grocery and retail. These things could probably be eliminated tomorrow without most Canadians even giving it a second thought. Same thing for styrofoam cups. However, all single-use plastics, if you used to use that generic term, is going to be more of a challenge because uh, we rely on it so much for uh, food packaging. Getting that implemented by industry is going to be a challenge between now and 2021. Which industries do you think would be particularly hard hit by this? For single-use plastics, I think the biggest industry will be the grocery stores and uh, within the food uh, packaging industry. Right. And we were thinking as well, like, what about the medical industry, like the healthcare industry and, and all that kind of, all those kinds of places? Yeah, well, that's a good point. But uh, in, in other jurisdictions where there's been bans, say, for microbeads or, uh, or, or even things like plastic gloves, there's normally exemptions for uh, medical applications, mainly because it's so important. I mean, for example, I'm a, I'm a diabetic. I, uh, I take four injections per day. 
but I certainly, uh, you know, have to rely on, on some type of medical single-use plastic. Okay, I'm going to pause Simi's interview right there. I actually reached out to Health Canada to see if, following Trudeau's announcement, any changes would be coming to hospitals. Medical centres and hospitals really do use a ton of single-use plastics. But of course, they tend to do so with good reason. In a written statement, they told me that protocol for single-use plastics in Canadian hospitals is regulated at the provincial level. So the rules in your province at the hospital there may be different than the rules in my province at my local hospital. And whatever sterilization policies they do have will not be adjusted due to this announcement from the Trudeau government. You've probably also thought by now, what about airlines? How much single-use plastic did you come across last time you were on an airplane? I mean, think about the drinking cups, the stir sticks, the cutlery, not to mention the fact that the cutlery is wrapped in plastic. Basically, every food product on the plane is wrapped in plastic. Even the blanket that you get on a long-haul flight is wrapped in plastic. So I wrote to Air Canada and WestJet. Air Canada told me that as of the start of this summer, they have replaced the plastic swizzle sticks used for drinks on aircrafts and in lounges. Basically, they're stir sticks. They've been replaced with wooden stir sticks made from bamboo. And they say that will save 35 million plastic stir sticks each year. That's enough that if laid end-to-end would connect Halifax to Vancouver. By the end of this summer, premium class amenity kits will no longer come in a plastic wrap, which is equal to 1.8 million of them. Air Canada added that they are also, and I quote, reviewing a number of other products, including cutlery packs. WestJet told me in an email statement, quote, WestJet is committed to providing the sustainability of its onboard products and overall impact while still maintaining quality and food safety. Since March 2019, we began to phase out plastic stir sticks onboard our fleet and are working towards the elimination of single-use plastics from onboard catering. We will share more information as it becomes available. End quote. So that is how some major industries are dealing with the problem of plastic. But what about small businesses? Radio host Mike Smith spoke to a small business owner who said he's going to struggle when it comes to phasing out plastics by 2021. Let's talk to one impacted businessman now, Andrew Wall. He is the owner of the Bubble Tea Place in Victoria. Andrew, thanks for coming on. You're welcome. Okay, Andrew, tell me a little bit about your tea shop there. You guys use a lot of plastic items there, right? We sure do. I have uh, probably maybe 3% of my customers bring reusable uh, vessels. Uh, So, yeah, 95 to 97% is uh, single use. Right, and I I believe like a a bubble tea would be served in a plastic cup with a plastic lid and a plastic straw. Exactly, exactly. And I probably, we're looking at, between 70 and 80,000 units a year. Wow. Okay, what did you think of the Prime Minister's announcement this week on banning banning these items? Well, I think it's really easy for a politician to get on the ban wagon. It's the easiest thing to, to be seen to be doing something when you're actually doing nothing. Uh, he's creating a lot of problems and uh, not offering a lot of solutions. It's going to be up to a free enterprise to come up with the solutions. 
What would be the impact on your business there if, if he bans all these items, which are basically kind of the bread and butter of your business there? What If he bans those within two years, like they're talking, what would that do to your tea shop? Oh, I'm going to be scrambling to refigure out my business model. I, I don't know how that's going to work. I, I physically cannot serve as many people as I do and wash every dish. It's just, it's not feasible. So we have to come up with... Uh, we have to retrain the public, first of all. You know, ideally, you know, in a perfect world, I want to save the environment as well. I, I hate to see plastic floating around in the ocean. Uh, but uh, we'd have to have everybody walking around with a, a little toolkit with, uh, you know, a knife, a fork, a cup, a plate, you know, a straw that's all reusable. And I don't see people being that organized or dedicated. There's a lot of you know, instant gratification in this world. People just don't plan ahead like that. Could you replace the plastic items in your store, the cups, the lids, the straws with cardboard items or some other kind of biodegradable containers? Well, there are some options uh, for straws. For example, they're they're making straws out of uh, the fibers from sugar cane. That's one good option I'm looking at. Of course, the price is you know, triple or quadruple, but that's the cost of, of doing business. That's what I'm going to have to do. As far as the cups, my cups actually are, in a way, they are reusable. I went with a firm plastic, but it's going to be up to the customer to bring it back. That's the same story over and over again. It's it's the public, right? First of all, they have to recycle and they have to reuse. It's It's not about the retailer. It's, you know, I've recycled for 20 years since I started this business I realized I was getting into a heavy-use plastic industry, and I wanted to, you know, have as little impact as possible. So I don't even provide a trash can in the store. I provide a tray, and I encourage people to recycle, and I recycle everything I can get my hands on. What, what do you figure is the recycling rate among your customers there? With- uh, you know, that's really hard to say. I think I'm in a tourist area, so I think yeah. tourists are uh, coming from places where the recycling is not as much of a priority. I think, I think we're pretty good locally. Our locals are good. They recycle lots of my good regular customers will bring back cups and uh, reuse them. I challenge our local government instead of simply, you know, banning something to come up with a solution. I think an easy answer might be putting recycle bins beside our garbage bins on the street. We've got public uh, garbage yeah. Right here in Chinatown in Victoria, why not put a recycle right next to it and people can dispose of their waste responsibly? Speaking to Andrew Wall, he's the owner of the Bubble Tea Place in Victoria. Andrew, you mentioned the cost. I mean, there's always a cost to these items. It's it's great idea. Let's replace plastics, but plastics are cheap. And if you're going mm-hmm. to replace them with something more more expensive, what would that do to your, your business model if, if you've got to suddenly replace all the your raw materials in your business with a more expensive item? Well, it's, it could price me out of the market. It, it, you know, I'm, I try and keep my costs down as much as I can. I know that my product is not a necessity. It's a luxury. So I try and keep it reasonable. And if it gets too high, people are just going to have to not come. If they have to, to buy a reusable item to, to have a drink, uh, those spontaneous tourists are not going to buy one. You know, they're they're <laughs> they're going to say, "Hey, I have to spend fifteen, ten or fifteen dollars uh, to have a drink." You know, forget it, and it's not going to happen. 
you know, so yeah. uh, I'm not sure at this point what the solution is. I'm, I'm hoping uh, I'm going to come up with one. One main question coming up in my mind is that all the recycling I've been doing for 20 years, is that all for naught? You know, is the plastic that I am responsibly recycling going into the ocean somehow? You know, where is all this plastic coming from? You know, it's certainly not from me. You know, we have a system, a landfill system and a recycling system. Does it not work? What are you thinking after hearing the small business owner complaining about how hard it'll be, in his mind, to adjust his business to accommodate a ban on single-use plastics? What do you think about this plastic ban in general? Reach out to me on Twitter and let me know. You can follow me at Nikki underscore Reitmeyer. I know it's a bit complicated to spell. N-I-K-I underscore R-E-I-T-M-A-Y-E-R. Let me know what you think. This Is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. It's a national radio show and a podcast. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. Give us a rating and a review. Tell your friends about the show as well. As I said, you can follow me on Twitter at Nikki underscore Reitmeyer. We're on Twitter. This show is at This Is Why. And you can always send us an email. This is why at CuriousCast.ca. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.